This is your host, Sam Jarocki from J-Rock Lawn Care and Gardening. Speaking about all things lawn care, garden related and business wise, whether you do this at home for a bit of fun or if you're trying to break into the business, sit tight and enjoy the podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to another J-Rock's Green Industry Podcast. Here we are on episode number 87 called Growing Your Business and we are joined today with Jack Churchman from Cook Crew Limited who you may have seen on both YouTube, Lawn Care Legend Groups, doing all these great things as well as Instagram as well, putting out a lot of real content about sort of his day-to-day life in within the business and I'm sure if you do follow his channel you'll notice that he's going through a lot of growth so what a perfect guest to have on this week than Jack and just be able to talk this through and hopefully answer some of the questions that you may be having at home or if you've got any thoughts on growing and how that you may perceive that to feel then hopefully we can answer them today as well but Jack welcome back to this podcast you've been on a couple of times before I hope uh, I hope you're doing all right I'm all good Sam thank you back for, thank you for having me back third time third yeah. time lucky let's get this one to a hundred thousand listens <laughs> yeah <laughs> with all the hope eh but uh no yes. it's been it's been great to have you on i mean i've been following your youtube i mean i was watching your youtube videos probably from sort of end of last season i picked up on them when you're i think you're on like episode four or something when i came across it and then since then i must say mate i've been tied to them every thursday i've been tied to them and what oh. i love about your youtube videos is that you can sit down and watch them, but because you explain everything that you're doing as well, like I've often found myself almost listening to it as kind of like a podcast as well, because they're a good length, you know, 20, 20 so minutes. And uh, yeah, so on like journeys from jobs or coming home at the end of the night, I've been able to stick it on in the van as well and just be able to listen that way and tune in. So I think it's a fantastic thing you're doing. Yeah, it's interesting to hear it from like your point of view, because sometimes like when I am editing, uh, you you probably have the same thought process, but I'm like, do do they really want to see this? But it's just trying to like <laughs> show the show the journey of um, you know, we are out and about, we're here, there, and everywhere, and I just try to show all the nitty gritty bits as well as the laying stripes. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, again, if someone outside of the industry was to watch it, they'd they'd kind of then understand. Okay, well the people in this industry actually have to travel quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it is a, I appreciate the feedback. Yeah. <laughs> really now, that's, that's a crazy thing with it. You know, I, you know, growing up or whatever it might be, unless you know someone that's maybe doing it or I don't know, someone in your family rants about it a lot, but you know, until then you don't ever really think too much into the people that are, you know, everyone knows, right. Like I was at the tip today, for example, and I was speaking to the bloke, one of the crane ops there, and he was like, oh, you've, you've got a load of grass here. Oh, it reminds me of being a kid, blah, blah, blah. You know, just talking about how he loves the smell of grass. And uh, what it was is, like, it, it brings me back to, like, as a kid, you just you smell grass going through the start of spring. You're like, right, you know, it start the nicer weather. You're connected with so many memories, but you never once sort of think as a kid or growing up, like, you know, someone's doing that. Someone's investing in kit. Someone, you know, you just know nothing about it. So, you know doing everything you're doing and being able to talk through it as much as what you are, it really opens it up. And it, even for us that are in the industry, but maybe not at your end of it, taking on so much commercial work, it really sort of, uh, it gives a great insight, mate. And you, you're doing a great job doing it. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank yeah. 
gonna make me cry. I was on the, <laughs> yeah, literally. I was. Um, <laughs> why don't you say that though? Because I've got like fond memories. I, I'll never forget the contractor's name. I think they're still about. When I was in school, there was a company called John O'Connor, right? Uh, grounds, grounds maintenance. Um, and I remember looking out the window and they'd always see their van. And I just remember it, like just staring out when I was in lesson, just staring at them like, that's a badass job. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and um, that sounds really, really sad. But um, but yeah, no, I, I, and I, I, I've still seen their vans about. So yeah, it's weird, like the memories you pick up of little bits and bobs. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's definitely something... In my case, anyway, it's something you you mature into, like, and you know, it's it, they don't say it's like a dad thing for nothing, right? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's no memes out there saying that the youngest son in the family is out there cutting loans and striping it up. It's you know, it's always a dad thing. So it's almost like with maturity, you know, kind of it hits yeah. you at some point that you just appreciate these things and like, you know, if you it's enjoy the outdoors and the beauty. It's, yeah, hundred percent. I remember when I was a kid, my granddad always used to say to me, "You know, you're getting old when you notice that the leaves are turning brown." Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I remember just driving uh, back when I was in the military, driving back uh, from camp one day, and I was like, "Bloody hell, the the leaves are turning brown." Oh shit! <laughs> it's happened. I'm old. I'm old. <laughs> Uh, it it is it's madness but you do notice these and to be honest with you even just you know since I've been in the industry I've started to you just notice more you notice like the snowdrops starting to come through and the woodlands that you're passing you know you notice leaves start coming back into play and like you know just all these early signs of spring it, it's kind of yeah. just you pick up on them and, and it means a bit more to you but it's it's one thing i love about the industry and it's the fact that it actually opens your eyes you know to many things but one's got to be the beauty that's around us surely so i've got a question for you real quick so now <laughs> that now that obviously you're full time mm-hmm. i call it i call it the pricing eye right so if, if you're if you're driving about Say you're going to a random destination with your partner, going out for dinner or whatever, and you turn up at the restaurant. I get out of the car and I start pricing the car park up. When when that starts happening, I want you to let me know because it ruins yeah. your life. <laughs> yeah, well, now that you've said it, it's probably going to happen, isn't it? I definitely do it with like areas where you know I've done it since since ever I started this, I suppose. But you know, you start looking at areas as like money. You know what I mean, and not so much the price inside yeah. of it but just looking at like oh that must cost a bit to do you know that involves this and you start going through almost your your uh, equipment list of what you'd need for the job and that and uh yeah i'm already doing that i'm already picking up on it so the next one is yeah. pricing I'll, I'll i'll try and remember if it's i do that sad world. It's yeah. a sad world. <laughs> so going into this then basically what we want to talk about here is through the youtube like i was saying at the start there everyone's seeing the sort of path that you're taking and as of really like recent days or weeks whenever it was you made the purchase, you've obviously invested in uh, more things on the tractor game, okay? So these, like, bigger sports turf sort of treatments and aerate or vertidraining, sorry, should I say. And, like, I seen that you hired out the slit seeder um, the other week, yeah. last week as well. So all these great things have shown great growth for you. And I just thought that the first question I really want to ask you is, like, you've grown a, you've grown a lot in, in your years doing this, especially on, like, the grounds maintenance side. Looking back, what are the areas that you found the hardest while doing so? Like, is there is there prominent things where you're like, that was a hurdle? Like, that was definitely something that I probably will never forget. Yeah, um, 
I mean, listen, as business owners, we go through it day to day. Every day you get some kind of hurdle, like me and Ash were out today and one of the strimmers went down. So it's it's a hurdle. But some of the prominent hurdles um, for, for me were probably definitely vehicles. Um, well, I've had a lot. Of, I spoke before when I was on the podcast um, about vehicle breakdowns and stuff and I think as well, when you're in the early stages of business, uh, me and you have spoke about this privately this week, uh, but mm-hmm. when you're in the early stage of businesses, there's quite a lot of risk attached to you. Um, yeah. So for example, if you did want to get maybe um, uh, an asset on asset finance or or whatnot, um, breaking those hurdles, even finding someone that will fund you uh, mm-hmm. and then negotiating a decent deal all of these things they kind of add up and i think they're always hurdles but when you become more experienced in dealing with them uh you don't see it as much as a hurdle but to someone else it would be a massive thing yeah um and i think that's what's great about like our community we're we're, we're really really open and like podcasts like this and groups like lawn care legends and whatnot we can just jump on and ask a question because my hurdle might be someone else's really, really easy step mm-hmm. uh, and vice vice versa. So, so yeah, I'd, it's really, really hard to pinpoint like major hurdles, but yeah. definitely kit, kit, finding work, getting people to pay and the right team. Yeah. And, it, and it's great what you say there about like, what may be huge for you might not be for someone else. And it's, I think often, you know, like me and, me and uh, Dale's been discussing, a lot sort of in the weeks that we've been working about, you know, different things where it's like the boundaries with, with clients or just with the type of work that you're taking on or just whatever it might, might be. And, you know, one thing that I think is great when you're bouncing off someone is when something is just completely taken over your brain, like, and you just, yeah. you can't really see past it because you're thinking about every possible outcome, like everything that could go wrong with it or everything that if it goes right, then this could lead to this. And it's all in your head. It's all there. And it's just kind of clouding your judgment. So sometimes just getting that little bit of advice from someone else, it just like opens up that corridor, you know, and you go, bloody hell, like, that's so obvious. Like that, you know, why why aren't I thinking that way? And I think often if people are struggling with it or, or you do, or you're just feeling baffled by everything, then the best way to do is to reach out to someone, put a post up on Lawn Care Legends, ask your Instagram story, you know. It all sounds very you know, heavy on the social media side, but you know, there's so many people there with so much experience that there's yeah. definitely someone that can help, I reckon. And you know, I've asked you countless countless questions in the last probably last two weeks about different things with kit and and these insurances and all the rest of it. And, you know, getting some of your answers that because you've been through them, it it has really helped as well. So I would definitely push that out to people to, you know, to try that way. But it's I- um I always get I don't know uh, we've spoke about this as well previously but like as we're on social media and putting out content you do get people messaging you and I always find I find it strange um like the first line of every message I've ever received asking for to help is I'm really it's probably a kind of etiquette or trying to be Mm. polite but like I'm really really sorry to disturb you I I know you're really really busy and I just want to put it out there i I really like um, helping people because, mm-hmm. um, well, not even just helping people, but I, I always try and play 
devil's advocate as well if it's a serious issue and draw the answer out of that person because I a hundred percent believe that everyone that's in this industry, ninety nine point nine of a percent of us are like amazing technicians. We're really, really good at our job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and as you just said there, like maybe you're overthinking situations, but I, I see that as a good thing. Um because if you approach that client or something comes up, those situations you've been running over in your head, you've already kind of got a backup plan. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just, I, I like, I love it when people message me and I, I like just saying, okay, so what are your options? What's the best option? And that that's the method processes. Everyone's got the answers, but sometimes you just need a bit of a sanity check. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure you've sanity checked me as well. I've messaged you like, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, mate, you're, you're never, making some big decisions, too, though. Like, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. And that you're shows too, it, though. Yeah, absolutely. But I think every way in life, if you're making a big decision, and it might not necessarily be a big decision, but it might be big to you, to get a couple of people or one person to cast their eye over your thought process is never a bad thing because it, yeah. it might open up a, a different alleyway as well. But yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, yeah. It's, Overthinking. It's a, we're all worst enemies half the time. Let's face it, you know, and, w- and when it comes to trying to grow your business, I suppose you can put this in a, you can put this into a few different categories, which is, you know, knowing where you want your business to be and, and that's going to implement some growth w- within that. So let's say when, you know, when I ask people about the five-year plans or where do you think the business might be in three years, you know, you've already kind of got that, there's growth within that, right? It's very often that it's like, yeah, I'm just going to stay as I am for the, you know, for the foreseeable. You know, there's sometimes, there's normally some elements of step, like stepping up involved. And then I suppose the other one where people, are in that right now and they go, right, I'm I'm ready to go for now. This is what I'm implementing right now. And this is what I want to grow to, you know, yesterday, like I want it to happen. And with a lot of these things, it's, it's stuff that can, it can worry you. It can, you know, it can shake you as in shake you back to thinking, right, I'm not ready for it yet. But often I think we find times which gives us like a boost as well, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to the growth side of things. And it might be things like, employees like you've taken on an employee and it's really helping you now and that's how you can see the growth happening it could be that you're winning new contracts i was just wondering with yourself you know when you're finding these these boosts so we've talked about the areas that which you found the hardest where have you found the boosts coming from where it's not just boosted your business but it's boosted your how comfortable you might be in growing yeah. is that been having like ash by your side that's really helped or when you're bringing the hustler you're like now i can knock these jobs out quicker like for you, is there anything prominent that sticks out? Yeah, it's really, really interesting, actually. And I um, I think about this a lot. And when I'm making strategies, I strategize quite a lot um, with the team and bits and bobs. But whenever you're ready for a growth period, so let's say you, for example, um, mm-hmm. if you were to go out and buy a tractor, say you were ready for a tractor, you believe you're ready for a tractor. Um, once you've got that tractor, Although you've grown, you've actually taken a step back, if that makes any sense at all. I'm sorry if I've blown anyone's mind. But so, for example, if you've just gone and bought your tractor, you've took that step, but you're now back at square one because you've got to find work for it. Mm -hmm. Um, You might might have a select few jobs that you've bought 
this for. However, you're you're back at square one. You've now got to fill another diary, and yeah. you can pretty much fit that towards anything. So, a new member of staff, even no matter how experienced they are, they're going to have to go through a training process for your processes. Again, heavily talked about on your podcast, mm-hmm. um, but you you've still got that a couple of month period where you've took a step back, kind of thing. So you've made an investment in someone or a piece of kit or whatever it may be, but you always have to, every growth period has a step back as well. And it's how you manage um, the scale up from that, that has the best effects. And I I don't know if I've done it right. I don't know if I've done it wrong. Only time will tell, but um, yeah, it's really, really interesting. Like whenever you are ready to level up, it's like that, the classic computer game analogy. Like as soon as you level up, you're back at, back at square one again, or, yeah Um, the bottom of that level isn't it like that's it yeah no it's interesting that you kind of put it that way i think it's something that i suppose we don't often look at when you think that you're ready to go like you don't start thinking i don't know i think often being our own worst enemy like i say is i think often we wait to we're trying to wait too long for for too many bits of the puzzle of fit before we go right you know we're happy to go and I, do you not think that sometimes I can, you know, that there's an element of risk. You've got to take that element of risk at some point and, and kind of take that leap oh, to massively. be able to then see if it works off, you know, works out. Massively, massively. I remember we, I, I, I spoke about this last time I was on, but like the first ride on I purchased, I had one job for, um, well, one, one job on the books, but I was getting loads of inquiries. So it's that massive risk point of, you know, I've only got one job for this piece of kit, but I am getting a lot of inquiries and it goes back to the old age saying of you can't do the job unless you've got the tools or, yeah, uh, or, or the know-how or whatnot. So I'm a firm believer, shout out to David Spicer from Moa Man, because he's always said to me, if you don't have the kit, you'll never get the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think me and you have spoke about it as well. So if you're turning up to a, a council tenderer and they're asking okay so what equipment do you have um <laughs> you know if, if you're sat there going yeah i've got two two wee bangs uh, and a couple of mates and we're going to push push mow the field chances are you're not going to get it if you turn yeah. up and say i've got x y and z i've also got a backup plan chances are you're going to get it so yeah it risk reward all ties in together you've got to take the risk to find the work um and what you'll find as well is once you get the piece of equipment or whatever it may be, the new employee, everything just seems to slot into place. I don't know if you found it yet, but you you buy the kit and then you know what to look for. And once you've been using it for a while, you know it's benefits. So you can start looking for the work it benefits and you become a little bit more experienced and uh, explaining it to the customer as to why this is the best route and everything just seems to slot into place. So mm-hmm. there's always a, a cliff point, but just jump, just jump. Yeah, <laughs> It's hard, isn't it? Because you you do, it, it's easy to worry. And you see, you know, you when you're, the amount of times I've looked at secondhand kit online and you see like bought for one contract, um, it's now over, uh, no, like no use anymore, you know, whatever it might actually say on it, but along them lines. And I suppose that that's the worry is that you buy it in, you've got it for the one job and then it sits there in the garage or the lockup for for god knows how long but 
with what you're talking about, that things happen to slit in, you know, when I came to me buying that first Ferris at 36 inch, I think I had one job that I could truly justify it for. And I, and I thought, you know what, like this could be the start of it. You know, when I get pictures out there and, you know, that will start the ball rolling. And I remember I bought it on the Sunday and then I got inquiries from my first, first commercial site on the Monday. And it just, you know, it was so quick after that I thought, bloody hell, that's a good sign. You know what I mean? And yeah. and now we've got about, I think, six, I think it is, six or seven right on sites that the 36 fits on well. But we're now, and I mean, you know, Jack, you know the, the next bit of kit I'm going for, but I haven't told anyone yet really openly and I want yeah. to kind of keep that a secret until it lands on the doorstep. But, um, and I don't know why. It's not like it's a big reveal, but to me it is like, you, you know, that feeling. So um, for myself, it's, it's something where, I've now got something coming on board in July at a the biomass site that I've told people about before. That could that well that will require a larger mower. So I've kind of bought this in, you know, with that there, and I can use it on a couple of other properties to to speed things up. But them larger open spaces that I'm hoping to get both machines on, um, that's what I'm waiting for. When you're you're saying like things will just kind of slot in, that's where I'm at. You know, I'm going through that now where I'm like making the purchase. Just so you know, that went through today, actually, mate. So thank you for all your help on that. Yeah. So, you know, I should put that through today and it just kind of came to work where, right, it needs to happen now. But I've always kind of said in the from the very and if you listen to the podcast for long enough, you've you will hear my experience from episode one to where it is now. And the journey within it is me talking almost like you do on your YouTube channel. It's week by week of how I'm feeling, what's been going on. And I used to always say to everyone, look, don't buy the kit until literally the job's there, you're turning up. You don't need that long reach hedge trimmer, but you know, until the job's there and then buy it. And that's fine on the smaller scale, but now it's at the point and it's like I'm doing the completely opposite and this is the most expensive purchase I've done. And uh, you know, it's on a bit of a gamble, it feels. And uh yeah, it's, it, it's, it is interesting though, because people's uh like from a psychological point of view, people's belief on you or what they see in you changes a lot um so Mm -hmm. for example when you are next at that job where you could you've got the ability to take um say for example you had two mowers uh you could take your two mowers to it um you don't know who's driving past the amount of times i've been out on the mowers and we've had all the mowers out we've got the tractor there we've got all the mowers there um, and someone stopped and said, can I have a card? Because you're obviously kitted out for it. And yeah. it just breaks down that first question in their head is, are they capable? Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm capable. So that's one less thing to worry about or have to prove to yourself in the quoting process. But I've always stood by it. If you've got a, a machine that you can borrow off a mate or hire, it's always best just testing the waters. Yeah. Um, but there is always going to be a point where you need to make that hard decision and listen the thing with assets is they're hard to come by uh, especially new ones within warranty so if all else did fail you'll sell that machine for what you paid for it guarantee it Mm -hmm. um so yeah yeah it's it's even if you only even if you lost a grand on it at least you the mistakes only cost you a grand yeah 
Uh, and, you know, you're going to get somewhat use over it. It's not like you're going to... You'd never... I would like to think no one would ever buy a machine and literally not put an hour on it. Like, you know, you're going to get some use over it as well. So even if it gets you out of a sticky situation a couple of times, then, you know, it, it would do its worth for, you know, it, let, as long as you got that money back to an extent, then, you know, it's you've got the experience of going through that process. But speaking about this this buying of kit and growing, it's it's something that you've you've done a lot of, you know, everyone that can, that can say that you've almost got most bits of kit that you can kind of have for, for the general runnings of the type of work that you do at a commercial level. Now, how have you found the, the process of getting things like asset finance? And can you explain it to those? Cause I was asking you this earlier in the week, like for your, from your knowledge, what's the differences between getting a loan somewhere and getting asset finance like where does that sit on a company like yours yeah so first thing i'm gonna say is always seek legal advice don't <laughs> yeah. be, don't be uh, sorry uh, financial advice from mm. your accountants or your bookkeepers don't be messaging me saying it all went yeah. wrong i'm suing you jack said right. <laughs> <laughs> i heard on sam's Mate. podcast yeah absolutely yeah that's it but I'm not trying to dub note, you in here, um, Jackie. I'm not trying to dub you in. <laughs> <laughs> no, but on a, on a serious note, definitely uh, seek the advice. But sometimes you do have to find these answers out for yourself. And I, I have done, so I'm willing to share it. But it, it depends on the structure of your business, whether you're a sole trader, whether you're a limited company. But for example, a limited company, um, there's a lot more stuff that you can claim back for uh, if you... I don't know, get the asset on asset finance. For example, you've got your depreciation. Um, if you're paying uh, your lease payments or your finance payments, there's a certain amount you can claim back on, on those payments. You've also got the VAT, if you're VAT registered, the VAT come uh, to come back. So there's lots and lots of things um, that benefit you um, as versus to a personal loan. Mm-hmm. But also there's some things that a personal loan would unlock that doing asset finance wouldn't so if you've got a personal loan you could put that money into the business as a director's loan and then you've got say 10 grand um tax relief or whatnot uh, but you might not be able to claim other things so just ask the questions to your bookkeeper or your accountant just say look i'm thinking of doing this this is the option for a personal loan or or um a funding loan and this is the option for asset loan what what do you think and mm-hmm. um if if it depends on the the value of the kit as well like a tractor i'd always put asset finance on because if it all went wrong i can hand it back to the asset company and they're not taking my house yeah uh, the loans against that asset job's done the tractor's back i'll probably have to do a payment plan or whatnot but a large chunk of it's paid back if it went wrong and it was on a personal loan they're coming to your house knocking on the door taking what they want so mm-hmm. um yeah it's definitely lots and lots of other tricks and tips out there but first advice and main advice would be speak to an accountant yeah i mean and that, that was that was my main thing with it because i found it quite hard to to find this information and you know and i, and I know that, and the reason why i wanted to bring this up and why i thought it was relevant is not yeah. only Am I going through it at the moment? But I've seen the question plenty of times on these different groups of people saying, oh, should I, you know, should I buy it? Can I finance it? And it's not often a conversation of like asset finance or 
or, or personal loan. I think people just think of the road of personal loan, but what sold me over to going to the asset finance was purely, and just so everyone knows that I'm happy to be quite open about this, um, for myself, a personal loan would actually be cheaper. So it would actually save me somewhere in the region of £1,500 over the, the, the term of the finance. But for the reasons that Jack said there, you do hold the risk of if things did go wrong or, you know, it just, whatever, something never went right for you or you lost the big contract that you had, then, like he says, that's against you then. And that, that personal loan is tied to you, whereas you do have the security through the asset finance that it is tied to that company. So, you know, it's not under Sam, it's under J-Rock Loan Care and Gordon. And, and that's a, that, for me, was kind of worth that payment. And hopefully I'll pay it off early, Absolutely. is what the, is what the well, hope is anyway. I think I said to you when you messaged me, 1,500 quid's worth the risk, like mm. 100%, especially the stuff you can claim back. I just want to skip back a little bit to when you said you couldn't find much information out there. And I'll tell you why. Any relief or any grants that the government give are extremely hard to find. Because yeah, small why, why would they want to why would they want to advertise the fact that there's free money out there? <laughs> mm. And that's a thing, like if you and I, I am not by any means clued up in this, but you know, it is there is a lot out there for the different reliefs and for being registered in a certain way and like your business being like legitimate and you know using your accountants and you know bookkeepers like it pays for itself by having a decent bookkeeper and i'm not saying that you can dodge anything that way but like you can just you can pay what you're due to pay and you can get relief on what you're due to be relieved from and it's just the fair system of using a proper accountant when you're doing all your own uh, tax returns and things like that and you're not seeking that advice you know you're really like there could be so many ways that you could be in a better position that you're not aware of. And and that's where it's kind of worth in my eyes by having a decent sort of accountant with you. And it's something I would definitely suggest, even if you're just starting up and I did this, get one straight away, get one that's going to know you and your business. Well, get to know how you operate and like your kind of where, where you're heading, you know what I mean? And I think they will then keep you right. If you get a decent one, that's kind of what I think what people need to look for. What about you, Jack? Have you always had the same one or have you jumped around uh, a bit? Yeah, yeah and um, they're the first person I ask uh, if I'm making any decision. I'm going to share a little story, real quick one. Um, so recently we uh, acquired some kit and um, th- they took a look at it for me and they said, yeah, absolutely good. But can you ask the supplier to backdate the invoice by six days? So this was the 6th of April. Um, they took a look at it and said, uh, backdate it by six days, which you're allowed to do because your order was in before then. And it saved probably around four and a half grand in corporation tax. Um, oh, nice. Just because of, just because of like interest cha- changes or rules changing and they know the rules like the back of their hand. So mm-hmm. yeah, your accountant should be your best friend or, um, you know, the first person you ask. And if you're not confident in them, just move, move <laughs> to a different <laughs> yeah i mean because um, you do hear of bad ones as well like if you do think that you're being done over or you know you've had to pay extra tax back one too many times because the accountants messed it up then you know it's, it's a flag for you. you even if you get along with them it doesn't mean that you should stick with them and i've heard that a lot from several different people in several different trades is that 
the person that they were using, and these are all different accountants, may I add, you know, messed up one way or another and it cost them money by, you know, for whatever it was doing wrong or, you know, yeah. bad advice on, on when to buy a kit and it's went into a different tax year and all this sort of stuff. So I don't want to make this podcast about bloody taxing and, and all this scary <laughs> stuff. But uh, yeah, definitely. You'll end up on a charge, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But, you know, make sure that you're speaking to the right person because it can really, um, it can really mess you over, I suppose, to an extent. And it just keeps you in sort of safe peace of mind. But uh, back on the growth, Jack, and that's what we're uh, we're mainly talking about here. <laughs> but what's your plan for growing with with the tractor? So I can see that you're you're taking on these different accessories, or these stuff that you're buying and renting, or you're hoping to sort of own all of these different things. Uh, no comment. Um, no. <laughs> last time I was on the podcast, I said I was on a ban. So yeah, that's not going too on. well. Yeah. <laughs> That's gone out the window. Um, no, so yeah, some of the kit I'm hiring, some of the kit we've purchased, um, some of the kit we're short-term leasing. Cut a long story short, there's a bit of a gap in the market in my local area, um, and I've just jumped jumped at it, so trying to get it done. <laughs> no, it makes total sense. I mean, especially we're using that type of kit, like it, it comes with... Um, being a specialist in a certain area so like what does that look like for you what have you had clients approaching you saying off oh, of these sports pictures this is what we're after or is that just something you've noticed almost from a distance um yeah no so for some of our clients there was a like a local contractor that used to do all of the renovation works in our area um and they've just won a really really fancy contract at a premiership football club so okay all the grass all the grassroots clubs are now being let down so yeah that my current clients with we started to do the work for them and then they would refer us to someone else and and whatnot and yeah it just kind of ran with itself and and snowballed from that i think that shows uh, the fact that you've seen an opportunity and even though i'm i'm guessing it comes at cost you've went for it and you've kind of made that jump is that part of growth then that's sort of what you're speaking about earlier where it was almost things will slot in is that kind of how you're viewing this or was it a sort of a no-brainer, you know, it's no uh, never yeah, thing? It was an absolute no-brainer. So I don't, So when you get into this realm, so there's a thing called the Pitch Power Grant and um, the Pitch Power Grant gives football uh, local football clubs X amount of money for renovations and they'll do a survey on a club and they will basically advise a price for stuff. Um, so, for example, they might say, right, to vertically drain this 11 v 11 pitch should be x amount of money including materials and uh one of the clubs um that we do the maintenance work for sent their report over to to me and said do you reckon you could do it for this and i just looked at it and went oh my bloody god yeah. like that is like that's like the prices were ridiculous i had like say 300 pound in my head and it was like we recommend 900 pound for one right. pitch so um so what i did from that just to give the viewer uh, the listeners like how i did it um with that i before i even said yes to doing the work i s- kind of gauged interest as approach clubs said look we're looking at doing this would you be interested if so can i have your pitch power report um and we got like four or five of them through um and then i totaled up my costs and then I totaled up the costs um, 
say if I was to buy the kit, I totaled up the cost if I was going to hire it and I put it all down in front of me and said, right, this is the way to do it. Uh, and we're literally within maybe three weeks of owning owning a Verti drainer. Uh, granted, it's secondhand, but it paid for itself within five days. So, wow. yeah. So when stuff like that crops up, you've just got to have like an emergency plan um, and just say, look, this... I need to say, for example, this seed was more expensive. And I said, well, we're only going to use that three times a year. So I'll take less profit and I'll hire one. However, verti draining is something that can be done two or three times a year. And the world is the oyster. You could do golf clubs, rugby clubs, mm-hmm. football clubs, whatnot, all of that stuff. So, yeah, just sat down and made a strategy and then made it happen. That's awesome. That, And I think it. <laughs> It really, I mean, it sounds like it's really worked out for you as well. I mean, it was great to actually see it on your videos as well because it's not something I see much of in the world of people going from grounds maintenance to the type of work that you do at like a slightly higher, well, like at a higher level, like including the sports pitches, but then going into the overall sort of turf care, you know, side of it as well, like getting these accessories on board as well. So seeing that progression through, like I was massively impressed by, I thought it was cool as anything. Um, But but to be able to also see an opportunity and jump on it is also really interesting because I think that as kick gets bigger, (laughs) it it, it always feels like it it means a little bit more. You know, I always kind of say that like now equipment kind of, you get used to buying equipment and sometimes you don't have the same buzz about it. But with jobs like this, I imagine that because it's something that you haven't done, I'm guessing much of before. Did you feel that buzz about it? Like that you're going into a new realm and it was like, it was another lift. Yeah. I think we've, I spoke about this. Uh, I can't remember if it was on your podcast or on our YouTube, but um, so as my, my dad's a chairman of a golf club. So, one of my first ever jobs actually was on a golf course. So although I'm not like extremely qualified in it as some people that have been on a golf course for 20 years, like I've got a very, very, very high um, experience and and knowledge base on it. Although maybe on paper, uh, I don't have certain qualifications. Um, Like I don't have like sports science or, or things like that. Uh, Sorry, Mm -hmm. turf, turf, um, sport turf science or anything like that but um i've done it for a long time and i can look at um a piece of a grass or a a pitch and know what it needs i know how to use i know like how to work myself around a soil sampler now to test my levels know what fertilizers all of this stuff so um the answer is no Uh, it was a bit of a buzz for like the first five minutes and then you realize you're in a tractor <laughs> doing one mile an hour for the next three hours so <laughs> yeah well that's a thing like i i know that you said in your last video there that like you wish you had gps because it was a lot slower when does them sort of investments then come like it's something that you don't technically need but you know it would make things a bit well a lot easier um again i think it, you've just got to weigh up the the costs um so i was speaking to another contractor elite sports maintenance um about this and he was talking about he he's kind of looked at the savings he's had from gps and he reckons that he saves at least like 50 pounds if he's doing say 
three or four pitches a day, he'll save at least 50 quid in fuel just because of the accuracy, like the overlap, no, wow, okay. no, no time or space wastage. Um, again, if you're seeding and you're plugging it into the tractor, it does all your dosage rates for you. So you know, you're using less seed because it's pitting in the exact amount and, and oh, bits okay. like that. So, yeah, I think you just need to weigh up how much you're actually going to save, how long it's going to take you to get your return of investment back. Uh, all that boring stuff, man, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it but it's important stuff, you know, and I think it's, it's stuff that I suppose actually it's the same throat, isn't it? Like that same formula of making sure that you're you're putting pen to paper pretty much and working out is it profitable to make this move yet and how much do you need it? You know, is the same whether you're buying your first ever lawnmower or you're going in for GPS tractor. You know, it's the same sort of reasons behind it, or should be the same sort of reasons behind it, kind of all the way through. And it's, uh, I suppose, that's another thing of my my own that. It's clouded judgment because it's almost obvious when you mention it and when you explain it the way you just have. But the overall perception of, yeah, but that's well expensive, kind of gets in the way, if you know what I mean. And it's, uh, yeah, it shows that it can kind of change your opinion on things. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think one thing I would like to say as well is um, I wouldn't have jumped on all of the renovation works if I didn't have the experience because sometimes if you're going for jobs like that on a whim if you mess a football pitch up that's it like it's going to cost you a lot of money so mm-hmm. um yeah you just need to know your boundaries and look at all the information in front of you and and make a decision just do it <laughs> yeah happy days so with all this like you know we're kind of speaking about positive things here about investing in different kit, taking on these different types of jobs. Like it's all pretty positive stuff that fair enough, it comes with its own stresses, but that leads to these tougher times. And this is something that you've been open about in the past. And I want to know that with all these highs, like how do you handle the lows? Do you have a sort of formula that you need to follow to get yourself out of a rut? Or I know this is, it's been spoken about quite a lot. So at the start of this season, you know, the season dash, um, you know, what's your way of kind of dealing with this um so i'm a very special individual (laughs) when it it comes to this um i think me and you probably share a lot of the same traits i I overthink things i come up with plans in my head for stuff that hasn't happened and um but the only way i know how to get out of situations and what i've learned best is thinking outside the box um so I've, i've told a story before of when my first truck uh sorry i had like a three vehicles go down um basically within six months and then i had to think outside the box i approached a customer and asked for three years worth of money up front and gave them a massive discount um so yeah that was like out the box thinking and also just graft like if you're in a rut if you're short on money um or anything like that find some work or just drop the ego a little bit and do the little odds and sods that maybe you don't want to do and pit in those long days. I know a lot of people say you'll never catch me doing these days. Time and family is too important or whatnot. But for me, like for like this week, for example, we had a, a bit of a, a cash flow, um, not issue, but a, like a bit of a slow in the funnel with cash flow because of a bank holiday and commercial clients and whatnot. So I found 
loads of ad hoc work um, that I knew would pay within a couple of days. And mm-hmm. I'd just pit, pit, the, pit the hours in, like four in the morning till nine at night, come home, do my invoices, do my editing. Like I'd be up till maybe one or two in the morning and, and repeat. And I've done that every day this week. Um, yeah. and, and I've solved my issue to the point now where my clients are calling me saying, oh, we're still having issues uh, raising the purchase order. And it's like, don't worry about it. Uh, take as long as you want. And they're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're good so, now. Yeah. That, that see you know and, and that takes something something else you know it's it's very obvious the work i mean you you recorded for god's sake so you know it's very obvious that you're putting the hard work to get the good results and it's 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 easier said than done though right like you know there's sometimes you need to turn to yourself and be like come on jack like you gotta give yourself a kick or is it just ingrained in you that look this is what i need to do there's no way around it um, I think sometimes I work quite heavily on like autopilot and Ash says to me all the time is like, I don't even know how you did that. Um, so like at the beginning of this week, I had to try and find a grand within 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> I don't even want to tell the story. It was just a bit of a nightmare. Um, yeah. but yeah, and I, and I made it happen and he's like, do you know what? I don't know anyone that can do that. And I'm doing that on a day to day basis, just yeah. pitting out fires and, um, yeah, it's just, you just learn to go on autopilot. And I, I think that the key thing to do is take emotion out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the things that I've really struggled with. And I've finally been able to do is taking the emotion out of money. So if if someone owes you money or um, maybe you're, you're a bit tight, just take the emotion out of it. Okay, it's happened. I can't do anything about this. How can I, I get out of this? Like what, what are my options? Like I need three, 400 pound, right. Let me go and chuck some flyers out. Let me go do some odds and sods, some hedges or, or whatnot. If, even if you spend half the day, just trying to find work and, and just solving the issue. Like the, the only way you're going to get out of the issue is action um, and, and, and doing something Um, like doing nothing gets you nowhere. Doing something gets you somewhere. Mm-hmm. yeah and I, you know it, it's a great point because you are the one in control like that's the thing with running your own company is that you, you can't look at you can't rely on the fact of looking at someone else and saying help because that yeah. holds no guarantee you know you can do it a handful of times and yeah it's going to pay off and there's going to be people that help you out you know we always say you know reach out if there's a problem with something reach out to someone online or whatever it might be but that can only go so far a lot of the time and you're right the only way that you can't do it is by putting your foot down and going right well what you know what can i do within my own capabilities that that's going to make this work and what i want people to remember with this is you've got a pot of very warm leads red hot leads at your disposal via email addresses contact numbers just look at your client list you know, you've got maybe 20, anywhere from, let's say, 20 to 150, depend. you know, might even be more, could be thousands of your current clients that you could get in touch with and say, you know, look at their properties. And I always say this at winter time, you know, throughout the season, walk around people's properties and go, oh, yeah, they've got a patio. Oh, that tree's looking a bit bad, actually. That could do with a bit of pruning or whatever it might be. And take note of these. And when times like this happen, you know, it's a great thing to be able to reach out to your own current client base and say, 
oh, Mrs. Jones, I remember that you have X, Y, Z. Is this still something that you, uh, what you wish on doing? We actually have some availability this week. You know, there's a better chance of that being pulled off than going and knocking on some randomized doors and like trying to get brand new work in. Because I still think that you, whenever we go to get clients, you've got to break that sort of that trust barrier and the need to sort of trust that you're professional, that you can do the job right, all this other sort of stuff. Your current clients already know that. And uh, to be able to, like, I don't know how you did it with the whole grand thing, but the, the opportunity is there within the client base that you already have. And I think it's definitely one to, to act on for sure. Um, the next one is, will growth ever be easy, Jack? Do you think that you can hit natural growth and, and go through these periods of big growth, I suppose, on the other end of the spectrum and, and you know, push the business and it to feel easy? Or do you think that it's all it's just so natural for it to be these growing pains, these difficulties that like you just need to get comfortable with it with it hurting a bit? You know what I mean? What's your view on sort of the feeling of growth? It's it's I don't want to give too much away. Um and it will all come apparent. So if anyone's listening, go subscribe to the YouTube. And <laughs> Sam, I promise, I promise you will be the first person to know as soon as I can reveal. But we've just won a really, really, really decent contract. Um, to the point where when I got off the phone after finding the news that we'd been awarded it, I, Ash said that I'd just gone white. Oh. And I was, just kind of, I was just staring into um like space and he was like are you all right and i was like this is going to change cut crew like right th- this this contract has just changed cu- cut crew like oh my god um once you get over that it's like th- i think this is the first growth period i've enjoyed um okay because i've got the experience i know how to sort strategize kit how to strategize the manpower like this is the first contract where I've looked at it and gone, yeah, it's an absolutely massive contract, but we've got the capability to do this. Um, I only need a few things and I know how to sort those few things. So let's enjoy this ride. Like let's really impress on this one. And it's going to lead to some really, really uh, good work. I can like, I can see a, um, a snowball effect from if we impress this client. So this is the first growth period. Um, I've actually enjoyed um and just to kind of give a little bit of background on it it's it's a very large commercial warehouse spanning over kind of so it's 50 acres um but there's 12 acres of managed land um so what that means is like basically the warehouse takes up 38 acres of it and then the land around it literally it's so from obviously there's four sides of it and the shortest side is two miles long. So <laughs> like, yeah, like I remember when I, when I showed Ash, when we quoted it up, I took him there and said, what do you reckon? And he just laughed at me and I was like, no, 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 no. We're, we've put a quote in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, this is the first growth period I've enjoyed. And um, yeah, I think every growth period is going to have its pain points, but again, just take the emotion out of it. How can I fix it? Don't, just drop your ego if you need to ask a friend um for help to subcontract even if you want to chuck your uniform on them if you need mm-hmm. to borrow some kit 
just make it happen, get some money in the bank for the first three months, then make the decisions whether you need to purchase kit or employ people. Just get through get through um, the first couple of months and you'll learn the job and you, you'll decide what needs to be done. But yeah, uh, I'm excited, really excited. Absolutely. Now, one thing on, well, first thing on this is congratulations. I mean, obviously that's a massive win for you to be awarded a contract that size and something that, I mean, it's hard to even imagine. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing it when it does come to your document and that. But how did how did that type of contract come through? If you're saying that that's at like another stage up from what you've currently been doing, like your public open spaces and the sport yeah. pitches and the schools, how did you find that that came through? Was that like a recommendation or was that you approaching them or public contracts? Um, so I, I didn't approach them because I had a belief in my head that maybe uh, a company of that size wouldn't you use little old, old me. Right. Um, but, but now I've been through their process. I've, I, I really, really recommend oh, you're making it so hard for me not to drop <laughs> what it is. Oh, we'll bloody do it. Hell. save it, save it, let's, mate. Save let's, it. Let's do for it. Let's go for it. So it's prime. <laughs> it's Primark. Okay. It's is it? Primark. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what oh, I learned, big name, within, man. yeah. And, and what I learned within the process is big companies like that look at stuff that you don't even think of. So they, they'd done a local search and they'd, they'd been watching us for about two months, apparently uh, like social media, looking at stuff that we, we do and, uh, and, and whatnot. And their criteria was, was crazy. It was um, how close they are to, to the site. And again, the site's like literally around the corner from our, our unit. Wow. Um so they're looking at that because from from a like carbon offset point of view, yeah, um, it's less carbon for them to offset. And uh, yeah, there was loads of little things that I learned, and I'd love to once I've got my boots on the ground and done it for a few months, is come back on the podcast and explain it a lot better. But there's so many things like I had a barrier that I was like, we'll never get that work. We're not big enough. That'll be a national company or probably be some French company that they send over um, or, or, or whatever. But uh, it's just not the case at all. And it's just perplexed me, but um, yeah, the, the way they found us was just from organic um, organic marketing. Our website, we showed good um, references on, on our website and we showed, our capabilities um and and just had loads of like decent case studies that they obviously looked at and said okay happy days and yeah um yeah it just shows all that background stuff like of updating your social medias and you know putting out the good work that you're doing and also the knowledge that you know as well that it does kind of come around because even if it's not a huge site in company like primark what by all means, mate, they must be one of the biggest companies that operate within the UK, surely. There's more or less one every single place. With all the social media and the, the things that you're doing, it's quite often easy to think the stuff I'm putting out there is just kind of going through the motions. But it shows the what I'm getting at is it shows the importance of showing that you're like, you know, you're qualified in the fact that you know what you're doing. You're showing references like yourself that you're working on such sites already and doing such a good job. You know, you've got them the reviews then from clients that already work with you and doing all this stuff that you sometimes think is a, a little tick in the box sort of exercise. 
has a bigger meaning to it. Like people actually do care about that sort of stuff. And it also shows a lot about the company as well. So whether you've just started or whether you've been going for a long time, like I do think it's a hugely important thing to keep your socials updated. Yeah, massively. And I think like backing yourself as well. And no, so I spoke to the facilities manager there and he said that one of my strongest points um, for us being awarded was out of the 10 contractors they got a quote from, um, I was the only one that told him that his site was going to be more expensive than usual because basically there's like a 55 degree bank. Um, mm-hmm. And I said to him, look, from a health and safety point of view, I said, I said to him, how is it being maintained at the minute? And he said, oh, they just pit five lads on the bank with strimmers. I said, we're not going to do that. And he kind of looked at me like, what? I said, we're going to use a robotic bank mower. Um, I prob- Well, I don't know if I'm going to hire one or buy one yet, but... <laughs> Um, but yeah we're going to use a robotic bank mower oh why why is that jack well it's a lot safer for one um it's going to be more more efficient uh, and it just keeps everyone safe like we've only got to hit one little rut someone's only got to go down over their ankle they're down the bottom of that hill and it was right next to like a lorry um lorry passage route so Mm -hmm. it only takes one second and someone's under a lorry and he was like okay Okay, yep, quote for that, not a problem. And it was that one little thing. So just with people or companies like that, or don't worry about the price. That that like don't worry about the price. Do it the safest way, the most efficient way. Uh anything that's gonna cause their company disruption, um, they're not gonna like. So obviously we can just stand at the top of a bank with no disruption and mow the grass we've not got to pit cones out to say that we're streaming we've not got to shut the lorry passageway anything like that um so yeah just back yourself go with your gut and go for it yeah honestly that's awesome and it's an awesome little insight as well and apologies the fact that you've heard that and you found this information out and you've probably went this was going to make an awesome push on uh, the first sort of youtube uh, episode that you're doing it but still, I you know I think it's an amazing thing and massive congratulations for winning it and also thank you for sharing it on the podcast. I think that's um, it's a massive win for yourself and the company. And yeah, I, w- I wish you all the best with it, Jack. But it's oh, I appreciate um, you, man. moving a sidestep here because I know that we're rounding off on the time. One thing I do want to touch on before we go and probably the last sort of main topic here is the competitions that you're currently running. So for those that are listening, if you've been across any of the social media platforms, especially Lone Care Legends, it's been on there and it's been all over our Instagrams as well. Jack's just launched a cook crew competitions and I just kind of want you to explain it, explain what it's about, explain what you're doing. And uh, yeah, hopefully we, we can pick up a few more yes to, to what's going on and people can kind of get involved. Yeah, so, um, I mean, we've spoke privately about it, but it's been about a year and a half in in the making. And um, I remember the first, so it's funny because uh, one of my friends won a car. He won a, um, a Volkswagen Golf R on a, right. on, a comp- on a competition site. And literally the week after um, he won that car, we was at Soltex. And I just had like this epiphany, like, wouldn't it be great if because uh, there's nothing for our industry at all like builders or construction members have got a company called on the tools competitions where you can enter and win tools and stuff but there's a few competition sites that do gardening equipment but it's just like in my opinion uh 
like naff residential stuff so yeah yeah there's there was just nothing for for us and um it's been like a pretty hefty investment on on my end and it's a massive risk for me but um yeah like i just want to provide something that you know someone like yourself that's looking at maybe buying new kit can just take a punt at it and potentially win like thousands and thousands of pounds worth of equipment so that's how it came about is i saw a gap that it wasn't there and then i kind of built up um what i wanted to get out of it so i wanted to make sure money was going to charity and that there was like a so people don't know this but i want to build like a relief chest uh i don't know what i'm going to call it yet i don't know how it's <laughs> going to work but i know what i want to build one so for example if your van blew up tomorrow and you needed a grand there'd be a relief chest um that we can we can get you back on the road um mm-hmm. and yeah just i've got so many ideas that i just want to give back to the community and try and you know have like imagine just winning the mower that you've not got to pay the asset finance on or in the future potentially uh like brand new tractors brand new vehicles and, and stuff like that so yeah just got this vision and yeah, I don't know if it will work, but could be a lot of money down, yeah. but it doesn't matter. <laughs> the thing is, though, mate, is something like that is it's came from, it sounds like it's come from such a genuine place. And I think that's what kind of carries it is it's fantastic to be able to, you know, to try and win any of this sort of stuff. For, so we'll talk in a, in a minute about how you can actually join these competitions and, and look at the kit and equipment that's currently on the giveaways. But, uh, to be able to even be in that position where if you are down and you're looking, you're really needing an item and it's, it's just something that you play, same as what you do with putting the lottery on every week if you do that or every month, however you work it. You know, it's just one more thing that you can do that's going to, you've got a lot higher chances. I mean, how many tickets are kind of going on on these sort of things that you're giving away? Yeah, so um, that's another thing that I, I wanted to make sure we were different on. So a lot of the competition sites, the tickets will be like a quid. And there'll be like 200,000 tickets. But for example, uh, we've got a WeBang 56 Legacy Pro on there at a minute. It's about £1,800 worth of kit plus that. Um, and yeah, there's uh, 650 tickets at a fiver. Um, so yeah, you, like with one ticket, you've got a one in 650 chance of winning an £1,800 piece of kit. Um, nice. We've got a backpack, backpack blower on there. There's only 300 tickets for that. Um so yeah just real like low ticket numbers um i wouldn't say a a high price like i'd say a fair price like a fiver um but yeah just try to do it that way just so um yeah there there is actually a pretty darn good chance that um someone buying a ticket will win yeah Uh, so yeah and is it the type of thing where all the tickets have got to go in order to in in order for the the giveaway to be drawn or is it no i think some of the time countdowns on some of them as well yeah no so um this is why it's a massive risk for me so i've already done an initial investment um and it's over five figures so take that <laughs> as what you will um but yeah no one of the like so from a gambling license point of view is once it goes on the site um even if it's a draft, once it goes on the site, it has to be raffled. So if I sell five tickets for the WeBang, someone 
has done me dirty. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, so no, it has to go. Um, and there's, yeah, so there's like a time limit as well. So I think the first couple of draws we're doing three weeks. In the future, I want to get that down to like a week. So literally buy yeah. a ticket, a couple of days later it's being drawn. But I just need to take it steady for the first couple of competitions. Um, but yeah, yeah, so there's a, a guaranteed draw date um and a guaranteed draw so happy days yeah. well first of all i think it's a cracking idea i think i think you've got a great thing behind it i think you've got as in the reasons why you want to do it is fantastic but also the fact that you're bringing it to the whole community and anyone can get involved you know hopefully it's not just people on these social sites hopefully when you get the seo up on on that sort of on the website and what it's all about you know people from you know old and young from people that aren't in these sort of groups and that see it naturally through, you know, lawn care legends through Instagram, that sort of thing, clock on with it as well. And it's, it's really opened up to a lot more people, but um, for you, for yourself there, Jack, how can, what's the best way that people can, can get into this? Like how, how, what do they need to do to be able to enter these competitions? How do they find it? Okay. So if, if you do want to enter a competition, uh, you can go to uh, cutcrewcompetitions.co.uk follow us on on socials uh which is cut crew competitions um all the live draws are going to be on our facebook page so go ahead and follow the facebook page but yeah it's just it's mega simple just go onto the website take a look at the competitions if you do want to enter any of them you can just enter the draws um you have to answer a question it's fairly easy um, <laughs> and and yeah just buy a ticket and then that's you then that's you uh there is an option for a free postal entry if you're that way inclined um so yeah that, awesome. that's how you can get at me. well what i'll do is at the end at the end of this for everyone that's listening to this episode if you are interested in at least checking that out and and seeing what it's all about i will put the link for cook crew competitions in the description notes podcast notes at the bottom here so if you scroll all the way down from this episode it will be in there with the rest of the with the notes it'll be the link at the very very top and you just hit that and check it out. But it's definitely a thing that um, I think it's fantastic, Jack. So well done, mate. But uh, I think we've we'll also, start tying... Oh, sorry, go on. Just a, really quickly, we've got a set of Isotunes headphones on there as well, um, worth about 150 quid. If you use the code J, J-A-Y, uh, you'll yes. get a free entry to that. You've plugged there it you for go. us, mate. <laughs> You've done my own plug. <laughs> Yeah, so I get nothing out of this. (laughs) These are purely so Jack can just see where people are finding things from. So if you've heard it from this podcast or through my social media of Cook Crew Competitions, like he says there, you can get put into a competition here to win the It's Over the Head Isotunes headphones. Um, Yeah, all you need to use is the discount code J at the very end there in the coupon section, and it will give you a free entry. So just pick a number and that's you. So I definitely recommend doing that. And also it'll bring you to the website so you can see how it all works and it'll cost you not a penny either. So I think that's fantastic that uh, that you're doing that free one to begin with, mate. But uh, I'll definitely put that in the bottom there on the show notes as well, just so you can check that out and not forget J-A-Y is the one to go for in the coupon section. But um, Jack, I've just got to thank you, mate. You've been very open and honest as always coming into this. You know, quite often we're talking figures of things and, and you're always pretty open to speak about it in a personal in a personal way. And I think it it takes the how daunting a lot, a lot of this can be. 
it takes that away from it. And even from myself asking the questions, it does the same to me as well. So thank you very much for spending the time coming on the podcast tonight. And uh, yeah, thanks for being so open with all your answers. No worries, mate. Again, thoroughly enjoyed it. Happy Until days, next time. Yeah, I'm sure it won't be the last one, that's for sure. Right. Well, everyone, thank you very much for joining us on this week's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you can, please share this on your Instagrams, Facebooks, wherever you are. Get the podcast out there. I think it's a very important topic, uh, topic to kind of touch on about this growth period because we're all doing it. We're all growing through whatever stage that we're currently in. And hopefully people listening to this can take something away from what me and Jack's been talking about today and it can help you at some point along the line. But look in them show description notes at the bottom just by scrolling down and check them out, both the Cook Crew competitions that Jack's very, um, you know, kindly, I'm actually going to say, very kindly invested in and, uh, and got out for the benefit of ourselves out here in the community. So check that out. And you can also see where to find Jack across his other platforms as well and on YouTube. So anyway, thanks for joining us once again. Take care. We'll see you next time.